Hi, this is Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. I'm so glad to be with you today. I mentioned as we finished our last time together that I asked the question, are you a thinking woman? I paused there because I want you to answer the question for yourself. Are you a thinking woman? Do you think your own thoughts? Or does someone tell you what to think? Well, 30 years ago, a very popular author wrote a speech that he gave, and part of it, he described that we were headed for, are you ready? Amusement dependency. Did you hear that? Amusement dependency. Dependency on amusement. And what he said is just life-altering, especially since 30 years has passed. And I believe that much of what he had to say has come to pass. One, that we would be dependent on amusement and have a deficient attention span. How's your attention span these days? Movement from language to image. Language to image. Not conversation, not words, but image. Put an image up on your Twitter, text, Instagram. It used to be just television. We used to be concerned in those days about television. But now, images are everywhere. And for those of you who have children, you know the net effect of images on your, on your children. And these three things, these two things, bring about the third thing, which is a reduction of thinking and honest discourse. Now, that really touched me deeply, and I've been thinking about the absence of thinking. We are not a political organization, as you well know, but politics are flying around quite a lot. And my husband and I were having this discussion, wanting to look at the news to find out literally some hard, cold facts. And and this has happened a month or so ago. And we clicked on that station, and they were telling us what they thought. And then we clicked on that station, and they were telling us what they thought, which was opposite of the first station. And then we clicked on four different stations that we clicked on. We could not find a fact, like a date, a time, a number. We could not find a fact. But we found four voices who were telling us what they thought. Now, I want you to know, I, I, I revel, I relish, I ask people often, what do you think? I want to know what someone thinks. I want to know, the first time I meet you, I want to know what you think. I want to listen to who you are. I want to be engaged with you as a human being. I want to know what people think. But I don't want people to tell me what to think. As a matter of fact, if you try to tell me what to think, I'm probably going to resist you even more than the options that I find are um, available to us. Now, that got me to thinking, after the four channels, well, how, what can I think about then? If someone is telling me what to think, what am I thinking? Or am I not thinking? And without the facts, it's really kind of hard for me 
to know what to think or how to make a decision about something. That's about being a literate society or an illiterate society. And when we come to this place in our society where language and words are not our primary use for communication, how many people have you heard in this culture saying, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored if my phone isn't constantly running, beeping, snipping, responding. I cannot believe how many applications have swept across the landscape of our communities, swept across girls and boys and young people and adults. And I was recently with two women who I admire greatly, who have great brains and great educations. And for a period of about 15 minutes, they were describing three people they followed on Instagram. Now, when I was a young woman, I had a delightful aunt. Her name was Pat, Aunt Pat. She was the hero of my life in those days. And she would say to me, curse words, never use a curse word, it shows how illiterate you are. I say, what did that mean? Everybody was using curse words, you know, we were, probably I was in eighth grade and freshman in high school, they were trying out every word they could try out. She said, well, once you say that word, you, you said it already. If you want to be smart, if you want to be thinking, think of another word, make up a word if you want to. She said, if you want to express anger, why use a curse word? Everybody uses that. Make up a word. I can still remember her doing this to me and she would say, say federal. And I thought, where did she come up with that? She just made up this word. But it was so expressive. She, her arms went up and she said, federal. And I thought, okay. But she was telling me to be thinking for myself. Do you go to church for someone to tell you what to think? Or do you go to church for someone to open God's word and tell you what God's word says because of his study or her study and their research and they help you know more about God. And next week, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about knowing the book and being known by the authors of the book, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And I'm putting up on the website three or four small assignments if you're interested in this project. One of them is to define what the themes are of major groupings of the Bible. Another one is a six-question know-the-book response. And then two pages, which I have used all of my adult life. I have no idea where it came from. But there are one or two sentences describing every book in the Bible. Do you know the theme of every book in the Bible? Do you know everybody on Instagram? Which one would you rather have? Do you know every channel on the television? Do you know every Netflix movie? Have I heard people say to me recently, in my own hearing, not secondhand, I've seen all the Netflix movies. I want to know how many books you've read. I want to know how much you've been studying God's word. I want to know how much you've been journaling. I want to know how much you've been reading aloud. How, how are you using the brain that God gave you? There's a great book. We've all read it. I'm sure you've read it in high school or college, George Orwell's 1984. Their theory was that with less language, people would not be able to think, and they would become more dependent on the media and less apt to communicate with each other. Hello. Welcome to 2020. Now, I'm not being, I'm not being 
um, mean-spirited. It's just that it so came all over me. And coarse language, uh, last fall, two falls ago, on the top, the 10 top sellers, best-selling list, the 10 best-selling books in America. That's what it is. One of the books was coarse language. They used another word, um, a, a coarse word, is only used by intellectual people. And the book, really, I never bought the book, but I read a, a, a review on it, and it gave credence to if you were highly intelligent, you used coarse language. And I thought, well, you may be highly intelligent. Your IQ may be very, very high, but you certainly don't know that the Word of God says that we are not to use coarse language, and we are not to blaspheme God. And now they're adding new words to the 21st century dictionary every day, every day. Hacker. What's a hacker? A hacker's a word that we use in modern culture, and they're adding new words, and that's okay. That's, adding new words is a good thing, but are we adding words that are helping our thinking process so that we come to evaluate and do the two-step with God, love God and love others? We also see that publications are moving away from dense text. They're wider margins, bigger fonts, and bigger space between the lines. So you buy a hardbound book that says 280 pages, and if you really put it down to a small print, and I had a friend recently who said, I can't read that book, it's too dense. I won't tell you which book it was. It was a very important book, and I can't read it, it's too dense. Well, it reminded me of Daniel. Donna, how could that get you to Daniel? I don't know. I think of Daniel who stood up and was brave and courageous. And in Daniel chapter 3, I'm going to read you five or six verses that describe what the people did. What the people did. King Nebuchadnezzar made a golden statue whose height was 60 cubits, whose width was 6 cubits. He set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then King Nebuchadnezzar sent for the satraps, the prefects, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the province, the secretary of state, the leader of the house, do you get my drift, to assemble and come to the dedication of the statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had built. So the satraps and the prefects and the governors and the counselors and the treasurers and the justices and the magistrates and all the officials of the province assembled for the dedication of the statue that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And when they were standing before the statue that Nebuchadnezzar had set up, the herald proclaimed aloud, You are commanded, O people, nations and languages, that when you hear the sound of the horn, the pipe, the lyre, the trigon, the harp, the drum, the entire musical ensemble, you were to fall down and worship the golden statue that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be thrown into a furnace of blazing fire. Therefore, as soon as all the peoples heard the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, drum, entire musical ensemble, all the peoples, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped the golden statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Except for who? Except for dear Daniel and his brothers. They did not bow down and they were thrown into the fiery furnace. And if you have a Sunday school background, you know what happened in the fiery furnace. But I want to ask you, are these images very much like 
what King Nebuchadnezzar said. Oh, you have to get to your tweeter. You have to get to the logo that reminds you or the application or if you're not. And do you ever make someone feel badly? Are your children making other children feel badly because they're not engaged in all of the video games or video shows or TV sitcom series? I understand there's a huge a new cult about the Friends series. The Friends. I remember watching the Friends for the first time, and I thought, two things. Not the first time. Maybe the second or third show. They never work, and their whole goal is to get in bed with some other person. And I thought, well, this cannot be edifying. And yet, Friends is like one of the cleaner shows around these days. And now the next generation is creating them. They're going to the theaters and seeing it on big screen. Now, doesn't that make me sound a little narrow? It does. I hear myself say these things, and I feel a little narrow. But I want you to know, I'm not saying you shouldn't watch any of those things. I'm not saying you shouldn't be engaged in any of those things. I'm only saying to you, are you more engaged with them than you are with the Word of God, then you are with the ability to stand and think for yourself. Are you turning to one channel and listening to that channel and doing what they say and repeating what they say? Are you reading one newspaper and saying what they say and repeating what they say? Or are you using the big, beautiful mind that God gave you with instructions to think for ourselves? and an instruction book that he asks us to know and be known by. You are known by the authors of this book, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he has given us this book so that we might read illustrations like I just read out of Daniel chapter 3 to remind us we are not called to worship anyone but God. We are called to think for ourselves, and we will one day stand for ourselves. I'm Donna Otto, and this is Modern Homemakers. And I went from the pink dress to Daniel all in a few days. I hope you'll stay with us. Next week, we're talking about knowing the book and being known by it. Remember the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of thinking for yourself as God would. <laughs>